Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. are here at the end of this Advent season, and we come to hear a word, to hear a word from you. So, Lord, as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Christ child, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So, as I mentioned, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're we're not quite there yet. And I think it's important for us to pause and, and, and to remember the full season of Advent, because it's easy to, to move forward to Christmas. I mean, the world tells us to move forward for Christmas with all the music that we hear in the stores or in the malls and all of the things that we're to buy and all the food that we're to prepare. All of those things helps us to rush to the manger. But hopefully this year you've heard that the the season of Advent is more than going to the manger. It is a reminder for each and every one of us that there is more to the story than just the baby born in Bethlehem. There's more to the story because not only do we celebrate the birth of the Christ child, we remember that, that this isn't the end of the story that we await the second coming of Jesus, and that in his coming all will be made right once again. So we pause, and remember that, that this story that we celebrate as we gather together as the people of God is a story that only God can write. O- only God can, can bring us this story and we celebrate and we remember the four Sundays of Advent but we also celebrate and remember when we get to that Christmas Eve service and we allow the light of the candles to dispel the darkness in the sanctuary it reminds us to be the lights going out into the world but before we get there We need to pause one more time in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is the book that we've been moving through the entire uh, Advent season. And today we make our final stop at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up and follow along with me, or we'll have the words on the screen for you to follow along with as well. Hear the word of the Lord. Nevertheless... There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulder and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and the peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it where justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, whenever I hear this particular chapter in Isaiah, my mind goes to Handel's Messiah. And when I was in college, uh, one of the arias that I got to sing that my voice teacher had me sing was that aria, the uh, people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And then the big choir piece following that are those words talking about the names of Jesus. It's a tremendous piece, and um, I I love going back to that every year during the season and listening to recordings of it. Maybe we can do like a sing-along next year. Let's think about that. How can we have like a big old giant Messiah sing-along during the, the Advent season? That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But as we look at this story, this particular scripture, there are three joys that I see playing out for the people of Israel, and these three joys play out for us as well. The very first joy is that this season reminds us that the rod of the oppressor will be over, that there will be nothing that will oppress us, and there will be nothing that will hold us back. This is very important for us to remember because of that very first word in our passage for today. Nevertheless, other translation has the word but there. But I like nevertheless more because it sounds smarter. But the word nevertheless reminds us that there is something that has happened before. There is something going on in the life of the Israelites that God is responding to. And what God is responding to is that the people of Israel were kept in captivity. Now, that's kind of a familiar story with the Israelites. We see time and time again, they are overrun by by an enemy, and and God helps to recover them and to to bring them into freedom. But this time, they are held captivity by the Assyrians. The Assyrians have, have, have come into the land. They have taken over fully the northern tribes, the northern part of, 
of Israel, which is where Galilee is, and this, the Sea of Galilee, and all of that land. And they, they've made their way all the way into the southern tribes, and they've almost extinct the southern tribes. But the northern tribe has been totally disbanded. And what Isaiah Israelites that that their gloom will soon be gone. Be brought back into the land that God promised them. That they will be made whole again. And as he says, that the honor will be on Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea. Which means that God will not only recover the people of Israel, but he will bring honor upon them. Because of his word and because of his promises. See, there's joy in that, even in the midst of that suffering. In the midst of of them being separated from from their land, they knew that the joy would come. That's one of the messages of Advent. It is a reminder for each and every one of us that life is hard, that we will all come up against something that, that, will, that will make us feel like we are exiled, that will that, make us feel like that we are separate from where we are supposed to be. But when we hear the promises of God during this Advent season, we hear God saying that I am going to restore you. Just as I restored the Israelites when they were held in captivity and set into exile, you too will be restored and there will be no more gloom. There'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more trials or or tribulation that you will be made whole once again because of the word that I have given you and because of the promises that we will continue to live in. The the second word of joy that we have in our scripture goes right in the middle of our passage by one little word. And that little word is the Midians. Now, we had the Israelites that were taken over by the Assyrians, what Isaiah is talking about right there. But he calls back to their memory, something that happened that we find in the book of Judges, chapter 6 and chapter 7. Once again, the Israelites did what they thought was right in their own eyes, and the Midianites came in and and overtook them. And the promise that God gives to them through this passage is that warfare is going to be totally eliminated. And those words from about the Midianites, give them a picture of what it is. Because when warfare comes, there are two things that we have a tendency to do. We we can either run away from it and pretend that that what is going on doesn't even exist or doesn't even happen at all. Or we go straight into it with our own might and our own power, thinking that we can make everything uh, disappear by our own merit. When we look back at the story in Judges, we see a judge by the name of Gideon. Gideon was a judge who decided to follow that first path. He wanted absolutely nothing to do with the call that God had placed on his life. We know this because when 
God calls Gideon, he's hiding. He's hiding away in a wine press, hoping that he will not be found. But call, God calls him anyway, and, and, and Gideon decides to do what I think some of us do. He, he starts to bargain with God. And the first thing that he says, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to put this fleece out in the middle of, a, of the field, and, and if you make the fleece wet and, and the ground around it dry, then I will do what you have asked me to do. Well, sure enough, comes out and the fleece is wet and the ground is dry around it. And Gideon goes, well, let me think about that real quick. I think I want to reverse that. What, what if the ground was all wet and the fleece was dry? If you can make that happen, then I will do what you asked me to do. Sure enough, the next day when Gideon went to check on the fleece, the ground all around it was wet and the fleece was dry. So Gideon relented. And he said, fine, I will lead your people. But when he saw the people, he was encouraged because God gave them an army of about 32,000 soldiers. So Gideon felt sure, okay, well, if I have 32,000 soldiers, I know that I could go and, and conquer the Midianites and we can get our country back. See, he was thinking about his power and, and the way that he could use the people around him to, to make sure he got what he wanted. I won't go fully into the story, but to make it just a, a quick little recap, Gideon went from 32,000 soldiers all the way down to 300. I don't know about you. I don't know if I want to go after a foreign country who has taken over my land with only 300 people. But God promised Gideon that he would be there and he would help the armies fight the Midianites. And as they got up to the battlefield, the Midianites started to get confused. And they, and they turned on each other. And without a single casualty of the Israeli army, the Midianites defeated themselves. Or, or shall we say, God made the Midianites defeat themselves. See, when we face those struggles... When we face those opportunities where we feel like we have to go all in and we have to make sure we have everything down and everything checked off, we miss the time where God wants to move in our lives. <laughs> you could ask Michelle and Pastor Francis all the times. I'm trying really hard to make sure that everything is lined up, everything is perfect, everything is, is how it should be. And I'm sure I drive them nuts when I do that. But when I allow God to move, when I allow God to, to guide and to lead, things happen. Things happen in a miraculous way that I have never seen God move before. And God's love and grace is shared with others and the beauty of shared leadership the beauty of shared joy is made evident because i'm not the one in charge francis is not the one in charge michelle is not the one in charge 
But God is the one in charge, and we listen and follow him. And that brings us to our final joy, the joy of knowing that, that God will, will take care of the enemies around us, that, that we don't have to do the work ourselves, and the joy of allowing God to be a part of that work, but also the joy in knowing that there is one who came in the form of a baby and his work and his power and his grace allows us to be set free from anything that may hold us back. The promise of this child, this future king, is a joyful promise, not because our lives are perfect, not because we live a sinless life, but because we as sinners can know and experience that he is our righteousness. We recently changed our communion liturgy. And you won't hear it tonight during our Christmas Eve services, but you'll hear it again in January. And, and there's an invitation that invites us to come, not because we have it all figured out, because we don't. Not because we have all of the strength and the power to make it one day after the next, because we don't. But it is a reminder that we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, or as apprentices, we know that the strength that we have isn't a strength of power, it isn't a strength of might, but it is the strength of the baby born in Bethlehem who came to live life as one of us, to give his life up as a ransom so that we may have life and have that life abundantly. That is the final joy that we live in, knowing that Christ came for us. But that gives us one final problem that we must deal with. And that final problem is how do we introduce people to the promise of the Christ child? Well, you're going to have to come back tonight at 7 or 11. And then we'll share how we share this light of the world so that we may be redeemed by his love, by his mercy, by his grace, and by his joy. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the season of Advent. We thank you that through this season we are reminded of your love. We are reminded of your peace. We are reminded of the faith that holds us together, and we are reminded of your joy. God, we know happiness sometimes gets tied to joy, but we understand that happiness can be fleeting because, once again, that relies on us. But the joy that we have through the coming of the Christ child, from preparing for the time that you will come again holds us and sustains us. 
so that we may be faithful witnesses of who you are. So God, we lift this prayer to you. In the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, and in the great power of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.